0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBE with Arden Moore. The show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Arden Moore. Welcome to the O Behave
1: Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Okay, time to be another rover reporter, or maybe that should be a Caddy reporter. I don't know. In honor of National Take Your Cat to Vet Day, I'm at the Chico Hospital for Cats in Chico, California, and I have two special guests. And I first want to introduce to you Dr. Elizabeth Collarin. She has a lot of Vanna White initials after her name. We're going to find out more about her. And then we have Jan Yaroslav. She is a registered vet tech, and she also does things where, don't be down in the mouth, she does dental things for cats. And we're going to learn more about cool things for cats, but we got to pay for this show. So everybody, sit, stay, purr. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting and even sports themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Old Behave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's Pet Edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome
1: back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I got to tell you, I'm really delighted. I'm here in Chico, California. It's my first time here for all those uh, geography buffs. It's about an hour and a half drive from the Sacramento Airport north. And you think you're on these big highways, but they're actually two-lane roads or four-lane roads. And you get to see this beautiful countryside. I wanted to buy a bunch of peaches and pecans on the way up here, but I was on a time schedule. But we're here because in honor of National Take Your Cat to the Vet Day, which is August 22nd. But in my opinion, you should be good to your cat 365 days a year. We're at a cat-only practice here in Chico, and it's founded by Dr. Elizabeth Collarin. She also has a practice in Portland, Oregon for cats. And if you could, give us a little background. Welcome to the show, Dr. Elizabeth. And what is it that drew you to start specializing in cats?
2: I think it's just the need to know more. I wrote my master's thesis on the California mountain lion, and fell in love with felines. The science is amazing. The behavior is intriguing. They're just a generally fascinating, endearing species. Now,
1: you told me something about cats, and when people think about the three Cs, the car, the carrier, the clinic, it spells, YOW, for most cats, right, Dr. Elizabeth? Absolutely right. That's what we're changing. So what is the concept you're doing to make it so that the cats will be purring to come see veterinarians like you?
2: We're trying to take the stress out of it. We want the cats and their owners to be relaxed about the experience, especially the 30 to 45 minutes before they get to our place. We want to make sure that that's a restful experience for the cat and so that getting in the carrier is just like going to bed.
1: And you've got a pretty good team here in the Chico place, and one of them is sitting right next to me, and we're talking about Jan Yaroslav. What are a couple things that people can do before they bring the cat to the clinic that could make it so much
3: less stressful? Well, we're all about teaching our clients how to make their feline friends more acclimated to the carrier before they come to see us. So... Feeding your cat in the carrier, keeping your carrier open with nice bedding in your great room where you're spending time with your cat.
1: So you won't win any Martha Stewart decorating
3: awards? No, but you can make them look pretty cute. Yeah. But having those carriers there accessible for your cat all the time so that they feel comfortable, that that is a welcoming environment rather than just this little box that you put your cat in right before the only place it goes to the vet, and it's a scary thing.
1: And it seems like some cats are just have this innate ability to get under your king-size bed, right under the middle,
3: just beyond your grasp. Absolutely. We get calls all the time from our clients that say, I'm going to be late for my appointment, I can't find my cat, because they've gotten this big scary box out, opened the door, and the cat says, I'm not going in there. Now,
1: you have a loaner program, I understand, but what's the importance of having a carrier for a cat, and what does the Chico Hospital Cats do to help people out?
3: Well, for safety, certainly, having your cat transported in a carrier is basically imperative. So we make it easy for our clients. If they say, I don't have a carrier, we have a loaner program that they can come down here, bring the carrier home, and get their cat to the clinic, or if we have somebody who shows up without a carrier, a cat not in a carrier, they don't leave the hospital without that cat being in the carrier. And And dumb question, to know the answer, but
1: why can't I just bring my cat in my arms?
3: Well, a lot of people say, oh, he's going to be fine, he's really calm, he's so used to me, you know, it's so much easier for me just to carry this cat uh, into the clinic. We are on a very busy road, and even the very calmest of cats can get very upset by the noise, vibration, and sounds that this busy street has. So we have had patients that have gotten loose from their owners. with not being in carriers, and that can actually come up with a very unhappy ending. Yeah, we
1: want to keep this a positive show. So, Dr. Collarin, tell us about the cat that greets people when you walk in the door. I love your cat there.
2: Domino's amazing. He's a black and white male that we found in a pump house and mistook him for a skunk, and he came here and hasn't left. He's just our greeter. He owns the place. I just wish he'd make the mortgage payment. Yeah, but he's
1: anything but a little stinker, right?
2: anything at all. He's a He's got a giant size personality.
1: Now, folks, I actually loaded up my SUV with Pet Safety Cat Casey, you know, that cool orange tabby with his two canine pals, Kona and Cleo. And we drove from Dallas to San Diego. That And uh, that's a 1400 mile trip. I thought I was doing everything right. I put Casey in the carrier. I had it seat belted in. He could see my face. He's in the middle seat. But guess what, folks? This whole concept of cat-friendly practices are teaching us more and more ways to even make it less stressful for a cat to go to a vet or be in a car. And surprise our listeners, where's the right place, Dr. Collarin, to place a cat carrier?
2: I was wrong about it, too, until they did some crash test dummy investigations. And it turns out that the safest place for the cat carrier is to move the passenger seat in the front up as far as you can and put the carrier on the floor between the front and back seats. That's the safest place according to the research and you can see the videos on YouTube.
1: Yeah and talk about cat friendly practices and your work with it's catvets.com but it's the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Is that the right word?
2: That's exactly right and we recognized about six years ago that we had to make a difference, that we had to find a way to improve the care and the experience that cats and their beloved owners have at the, in the veterinary setting because that's the research. We found out that over 83% of cats are seen within the first year of adoption and more than 50% of them never come back.
1: What, are they playing in a cat agility competition? Are they traveling? <laughs> what, what the heck? Where are these cats?
2: They're home. They're, their owners think they're fine. They don't go outside, so they don't think they need any general health care. And cats are absolutely opaque about their sicknesses or their symptoms. So clients don't recognize anything before it happens. And so over and over and over, plus the experience was awful. Right. So what are
1: some things that you're doing and your association to make it more welcoming for cats to come in a clinic? I mean, I was seen with Jan when we went into one of the exam rooms it's a totally different way of greeting a cat. What would be a few things?
2: Well, we we take it really slow. One of the things you all know from having cats is the slower you move, the less aroused your cat's going to be. So we take it really slow, move into the examination room slowly, and we let the cat come out of the carrier on his own. And if he doesn't come out of the carrier on his own, we take the carrier apart. We don't pull him out or in any way force him to become part of the room and then we let them become acclimated. We let them walk around and take a look at things and kind of get the idea that it's a safe place to be.
1: And Jan, you do some things ahead of time before that cat puts their first paw in the clinic. Like you showed me for a physical exam, what would be some things you did ahead of time?
3: Certainly we want to anticipate the doctor's needs before she goes in there to see her patient. So we're going to have everything we need to do a physical exam out on the countertop. It minimizes us having to actually make noise opening the drawers. Mm-hmm. So our our otoscope, our ophthalmoscope, a stethoscope, a thermometer, and a flea comb are some of the standard things we have there, as well as having a scale that is feeling appropriate, available to do that weight.
1: Okay, and I always thought I was pretty smug. I know how to do a purrito wrap using a big old heavy towel on pet safety cat Casey, but there's a lot of different towel techniques, aren't they? And that's so much better for people than maybe scruffing a cat.
2: Absolutely. We never scruff cats. It's absolutely off the table. Some cats respond very well to just visual barriers. So some of them, we only just put a little towel over their head. Others that are a little more fearful will actually wrap them in a towel and use different ways of immobilizing their limbs without being rough about it.
1: And I saw some videos because you, both of you, give talks all over the country. And Jan, for our lay public, talk down medical terms. Don't do the big words. But when you have the towel wrap, there's certain ways that you can give injections that are better than the back legs. Tell us about the back legs and the
3: towel. Well, with the towel, we can safely kind of restrain our kitties. And it's safe for them so that they, they feel more at ease. But also, it also immobilizes those things that can be uh, injuring to the people working around them. So by using their, the towel technique, their front legs... And their head and neck are all restrained very comfortably. Three of the five weapons of mass destruction. Absolutely. Right. And then whoever needs to actually do something like give an injection to a cat or maybe feel their belly or listen to their heart. Or can, take a blood Or draw. take a blood draw. Can work on that rear end of the cat or slip underneath the towel and be able to feel any of those parts of the body. Wow. I mean... What do you think about cats these days compared to
1: cats of long... I mean, do you think this is going to make an impact? I know the millennials are gaga over cats. With cat-friendly practice trends and the fact that you've got a growing group of people that just dig cats, I always say real men love cats. Do you think this is going to be a win-win for cats, Dr. Collarin?
2: It absolutely is. We're going to make it different, and we're going to make a difference so that even as stressed out as cat owners get about bringing their cat anywhere, we're going to make it easier, and we're going to make it possible to get good health care for those beloved cats, and they really are beloved family members.
1: And speaking of that, give a little 411 shot to the cats at your house.
2: Oh, Dyson, his name means one who seeks enlightenment. I named him. And the other (laughs) one's Andy, and he was named by his dad. They are actually grandson and grandpa.
1: Now, when I... First came and got a tour of the Chico Hospital for Cats. You said something about cats. You don't do something with cats, you negotiate. What was the phrase?
2: Oh, you never make demands of cats. You always negotiate. We're always talking about detente, you know, coming (laughs) to an agreement. You know, you can't force the issue. You just have to take your time. And going slower means going faster with cats. That sounds good. And
1: Jan, what's your 411 on the per factories at your house?
3: Oh, I have two cats as well. One is a Burmese named Orion, and then I also have a black and white cat who looks just like a cow, and her name is Missy Moo Moo. Oh, really? Does she moo? Well, you know what? She would if she could. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Hey, folks, we're here at the Chico Hospital for Cats in Chico, California. We're going to take a quick commercial break, so you know the drill. Sit, stay, purr, groom, whatever. Find some organic catnip. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let WhiteGate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at WhiteGate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at WhiteGatePR.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Hey everybody, this is Jackson Galaxy from Animal Planets, my cat from hell, and I'm here with Arden Moore on the wonderful OBehave show on Pet Life Radio. Don't miss it. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to o Behave. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the OVH show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am having a great time. I'm here at the Chico Hospital for Cats with Dr. Elizabeth Collarin and Jan
3: Yorbaslav. She's a registered vet tech. And what's the dental credentials? It is, uh, I'm a VTS in dentistry. Does that mean what? That means basically a vet tech specialist in dentistry. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, what we're talking about now with cats
1: outnumbering dogs in households. There's been a shift, too, from the barnyard to the high-rise apartment. So most of these cats are spending 24-7 indoors. They're not being the outdoor hunter. Well, there's things like cars and coyotes and dogs and other dangers. But, Dr. Colleran, what's happening with cats so we don't make them go stir-crazy in the house?
2: The first thing is to remember these cats are the same cats they were 5,000 years ago. They are genetically identical. We haven't messed with them the way we've messed with dogs and horses and cows So they have all the same needs that they had when they were doing things like killing mice so that we could protect our grain stores. And we need to remember that and make sure that they get to act out all the behaviors that make their lives very rich.
1: So how can we do that without, you know, expanding our credit line on our cards?
2: We built a catio here at Chico Hospital for Cats for under $150. We wanted to show people that it could be done with just two by fours and a hammer and a handy guy. And so there's a lot of ways. You don't have to go invest $5,000, but you can just understand your cat's behavior and what their behavioral needs are. That's the first step. If you know what they need, you'll know how to give it to them. And
1: cats like to be
2: up high, right? They do. One of the first things cats will do when they come back into their home range is they'll climb to the top of something to look around and make sure it's safe. Cats can't relax until they're sure that their home range is safe. So
1: when Casey's up on the top of my kitchen counter and I'm fine about it, but my sister-in-law Jill's like, Casey,
2: I'm like, he's surveying his world. He is. He's looking around to make sure nothing has changed since the last time he checked it out. Okay, so
1: Casey, permission from Dr. Collarine to stay on top of the kitchen counter. Take that, Jill.
2: Or get him another cat tree. He's got three. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Then I'm going to have to side with you and have your sister get over it. Okay, that sounds good.
1: But, all right, so keeping giving them some place to be safe up above. You know, what about some toys and the food puzzle thing? Cats don't want to just get a bowl full of kibble every day, do they?
2: No, they don't. What they would really like to do is have you turn a mouse loose in your house. <laughs> That would be the easiest thing for them. But they want to be able to act out that kind of hunting behavior. Hunting and eating are not controlled by the same parts of the brain. So cats actually have to act out hunting behavior, even if they have enough to eat. So what do we do? How do we do it without having, yikes, a mouse in the house? Active toys, toys that move, and and especially toys that, when they mess with them, fall apart. One of the things that cats really like is eviscerating stuff. So you want to give them something that will fall apart.
1: So those videos on Facebook of the cats and YouTube that are shredding the toilet paper roll, they're kind of acting out?
2: That's a wonderful video of how cats like to destroy stuff. And if it changes in color or texture or taste... That's the kind of toy that they like. People think their cats get bored with their toys. They only get bored with their toys if they can't destroy them. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't
1: know that. And Jan, what, do you do something at your house for your two guys that um, gives them enrichment?
3: My cats love wand toys. Okay. So and and they actually have a chance to be able. It's, it it basically feeds on their prey drive. We have ones that have actual feathers on the end, and it has a swivel so that when you actually move the wand, oh, those okay. feathers move like a bird. So which one?
1: I'm trying to find out which one, Missy Mumu Moo Moo or who?
3: Uh, Orion.
1: Orion, who's the better hunter on the wand?
3: Oh, I would say probably Missy Mumu. All right. Sorry,
1: Orion, you got embarrassed on national radio. That's all right.
3: So it really goes at it? Yep, really goes at it. And what's great is that you can allow them to catch them. And, yeah, are they going to destroy the end of the wand? Mm-hmm. But they all come with replacements so that you can have, after a period of time, mm-hmm. a new toy That's
1: good. for them. That's good. So we've got the cat trees. We've got the play toys, the puzzle toys. What are other things we've got to talk about potty? The litter box. I mean, is there some advances or some tips you can offer on helping cats be better using the litter box?
2: Cats are um, solitary Basically, but they do get bonded to litter mates or cats that they're raised with. So, if you have cats that are litter mates, they probably groom each other or sleep together. If they do, then you only need a litter box or two. But if you have cats that are unrelated, and a lot of people do things like adopt a cat every two years, Mm -hmm. you need a litter box for each cat, and they have to be in different parts of the house. One of the most interesting things that I do when I do behavior consults is I ask people to take videos on their phone of where their litter boxes are if they're having a problem with it. And sometimes it's really all about defending territory. Okay. And these cats really do need to have their own resources.
1: So one cat's sitting in his own kitty john with the, doing a crossword or something, and another one kind of sneaks up on him.
2: And if they're not related, one of them is going to try to drive the other one away. Because yeah. that's what they do naturally.
1: So when you have them in different locations, one cat may have many talents, but they cannot be at two places at one time.
2: My cats would deny that, but it's true.
1: <laughs> and when it comes to medicine, too, there's different things out there. The whole issue about pain, you know, people for years didn't think that dogs or cats felt pain. Well, that we know that's nonsense. Are there better medications and better things out there now for cats? Because like you said, they don't really want to let you know when they're not feeling good.
2: There absolutely are. There's lots more opportunities to relieve pain. But the most important thing is to identify it. So for example, people say to me when I show them how bad their cat's teeth are, they'll say, yeah, but she's still eating, as if that was some kind of a justification for the fact that this cat might not hurt. We know that dental pain is the same in cats as it is in people. So if it hurts you, it's going to hurt them. Yeah.
1: And speaking of dental, because that's your area of expertise, What are some dental options for people as far as preventive care? And please explain the VOHC so that if people are a little leery about putting even a finger toothbrush in their cat's mouth, what are some options that they can do to maybe help you as a
3: professional keep their cat's teeth and gums healthy? Certainly the gold standard of preventive care is teeth brushing. However, we understand that some cat owners and cats, that might not be possible. There are other home care products out there, and the best thing to do when you're picking one is to look for that VOHC seal of approval. It's the Veterinary Oral Health Council. Basically, the dental veterinary specialists have looked at the science behind the home care products. They only endorse those that work.
1: Now, if you're not doing the toothbrushes, you talked to me a little bit earlier. What are some good options for people with cats, for dental preventatives?
3: So as far as plaque inhibitors, there are diets out there that have VOHC approval that are oral health care that are made by all of the big veterinary um, uh, food companies. There are actual treats out there. Treats? Treats? Oh, sorry,
1: this isn't a dog show.
3: <laughs> there are treats that have that VOHC approval, and those would be the ones that you're going to want to look for as far as using for a treat for your cat. And then another option that is very cat-friendly is there is a water additive out there that is has a seal of approval. It is meant to actually replace your cat's actual drinking water with oh. this treated water.
1: Yeah, so they're getting uh, healthy gums and uh, teeth and... But cats don't spit and they can't
3: gargle. So how does this work? So it is meant to be a plaque inhibitor. Now, all of these things we're talking about. Also, if your cat already has dental disease, they need to come in and have professional dental help before these home care products are going to be effective.
1: And why is it so important these days to have the dental cleaning done in a veterinary office under
3: anesthesia? Very important once your doctor uh, identifies and lets you know that your cat is in need of some dental help is that the the standard of practice is that we anesthetize your cat after making sure that everything is safe with some preoperative lab work. Then the kitty comes and stays in the hospital for the day. Uh We're using all of the nursing care techniques and the safety factors that surround anesthesia to make it safe as possible, so IV catheter and fluids, monitoring that patient all the way through the procedure, identifying and looking at that mouth more closely when your cat's asleep, and then cleaning and polishing all the teeth that are there, as well as taking full-mouth dental x-rays. And because they're under anesthesia, you can do a better job because. Talk about that. Absolutely, because the actual starting of periodontal disease starts actually up above the gum line. And that's some place that you can only access and assess and clean with that animal being under anesthesia. You cannot do that with an awake animal.
1: Otherwise, you would lose some fingers and be an oyster shucker in New Orleans, right?
3: Absolutely, and you might be able to take the tartar off of the crown of the tooth and aesthetically make it look better, but you're medically not helping your cat at all.
1: And then they swallow, which is natural. They could be swallowing that tartar and affecting
3: their organs, right? Right, and and also there's no way to evaluate those roots up above the gum line, and that's where we often find pathology that we don't even know existed unless we took those x-rays. All right. So we got the cat's teeth
1: clean. They got a good, healthy belly. They got a cat tree. They're celebrating National Take Your Cat to the Vet Day. Are we missing anything? What's next
2: for the future for cats, Dr. Collarin? I think that people are beginning to understand better who their cats are. And once they understand that, and and your new book is a really good indication of that. Shameless self-promotion. Fit cat guys get it. (laughs) you in in a nanosecond. It's just about being cognizant of who these creatures are and how we we are going to live with them in the future.
1: One special aspect about Dr. Elizabeth Collarin, she's kind of a pioneer for one of the oldest species on the planet, the cat. And you have this whole lecture series called The New Science of Cats. And what do you mean by that?
2: Well, we know a lot more. Truly scientifically, the entire cat genome has been sequenced. So we know a great deal more about cats and and the ethology of cats or, or how cats experience the world where they came from is all very unique to them because we haven't changed them since they became part of our lives. They are exactly the same cats they were 5,000 years ago when they came into our lives and helped us control the mice that were eating our grain. So so what we know is, is who they are now a lot better and how they experience the world, what their emotional lives are like, how they live with each other, how they think about us. So I teach a class that's 10 lectures to the general public about these topics. So give us an example of some of
1: the the topics.
2: The first lecture is called One Step Forward, Two Steps Back, and that's how the cat emerged from the wild and became part of our lives. And they went from being um, basically helpmates, you know, dogs work for us, cats work with us. (laughs) And so they started out being being helpers, and then they emerged in the um, time of the Egyptians as the pet or companion of the very wealthy and powerful. And that was so because they were very uh, valued for their ability to hunt snakes, which happened to be very dangerous in Egypt. And so they became gods. And then later they became reviled in this country during the time of the Salem witch trials, they became the representation of the devil. So they, cats have gone back and forth, though all of us maintain that cats were once thought of as gods and have never forgotten that. <laughs> but we study the way in which cats emerged into society.
1: Well, you think about cats, are kind of like the celebrity you love who does something bad or has something aspired against them, and they drop down and they come back. Everybody likes a comeback
2: cat. Oh, of course. It's sort of like they're they're this... The twitter species yeah you know they come and go but but the one thing that remains constant is they have turned out to be a kind of creature that really does value human companionship
1: well that's what you were just touching on how they feel about us i hear people say oh my dog loves me yay but you then you hear them take that pause and they say and, and i think my cat likes me too what is it? What is going on in that cat brain when it comes to building an association or relationship with a special two-legger?
2: Well, you know, cats, not every cat can do it. Many, many feline species have, have been attempted to be domesticated and have failed. It's only Felis libica that has actually emerged as wanting to have relationships with humans. And one of the ways that we know that is because they behave around us the same way they behave around their own litter mates. So if your cat licks you, it might be a little annoying on your arm, but he's actually just grooming you. And that's one way that we know that these cats really do care about us. What's another example?
1: Because Casey called, give me a kiss, and he'll give me a kiss on the hand. And then I take my finger and rub it against his cheek. I'm trying to help spread the glands, I guess, right?
2: Sure, it's a facial pheromone. It's very, <laughs> very um, soothing, and it's a very good way to, to bond with your cat. Another thing that you can look at is if, if your cat's tail is up, vertical, when he walks by you, it means he's really fond of you. Okay, it doesn't mean he's got kitty gas. No, it okay. just—it it actually means he really loves you.
1: And with this lecture, how do people find out if they want to hear this lecture? Where is it offered?
2: I teach it at the at the local college, but, you know, I, I would love to have other opportunities to teach it.
1: And I do want to, you, you taught us that first lesson. Give us a couple of other topic headliners.
2: I'm intrigued.
1: You have um, me as curious as, well, you know.
2: Well, yeah, I know. Um, one of the uh, another one is cats and people. Thoughts and feelings is a really good one. That's about how cats have what kind of emotional lives cats have, how they feel and think about things that happen to them. How do they feel and think? Ah, uh, you'd have to come to the class. Oh, give me! Come on, give me! A little. <laughs> Throw me a bone, say the dog lovers. Well, for example, um, we know that cats do feel jealousy. You know, there are some things that we've been able to to suss out in, in the science of cats. Um, there's another one called Cats in History, and we talk about cats who have, many of whom have never been famous, but a cat, for example, who was the guardian of a Scotch Whiskey Brewery in Scotland and another cat who was the captain of a train station in Japan. Wow, that's pretty cool. You
1: must have had a ball researching all this and you are a scientist so you're not just throwing things
2: out there. No, this is all science. It's all based on feline ethology or history.
1: So again, there's so much more. I could spend. This is only a half hour show, but I gotta hope I've whet the appetite of all you cat lovers out there. And I gotta say, it's a good time to be a cat.
2: It's a great time to be a cat.
1: All right, we've got a few minutes left before we end this marvelous episode of the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio, and I want each one of you to share a couple things that have impacted your life thanks to a feline or two. This is like, doo 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 do, do. What is it about cats that makes your life better, Jan?
3: You know what? I just like being able to come home after a busy day, take care of my animals, sit down in my easy chair, and have my cat actually sit on my lap. I was gone for the weekend. I came home last night. My cats were in my lap like two minutes after I sat down, and they just stayed there and just told me how much they missed me. And, I mean, that that definitely is a real bond that I
1: have. That's better than a, a quilt made for you, right? Absolutely. All right. You're up, Dr. Collar. And what is it about cats that just makes you a better person and just brings joy to your life?
2: I think seeing them every day. Um, in, since 1998, I've been seeing only cats, and it's meant that I've met thousands of, of cats and, and heard thousands of stories and met the lovely people that care for them.
1: And... Tell us one more time a little bit when people want to get good, solid information about cat health, cat behavior, and cat medicine. Talk a little bit about the AAFP.
2: There's a wonderful website called catvets.com, and we are about to launch, actually this fall, a client-facing entire website just for cats and their owners. So we're going to be able to, to post all kinds of information on that website, answer all your questions, and get all the information you need in a language you can understand.
1: And that again is catvets.com. And uh, do a shout out to your two practices. I got to ask you, how do you juggle a practice in Chico, California and one in Portland, Oregon?
2: There are lots of ways to define
1: insanity. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well put. So it's PortlandCats.com and ChicoCats.com, correct?
2: Uh, Actually, it's Cat Hospital of Portland because I couldn't get the Portland Cat Hospital. So it's Cat Hospital of Portland or PortlandCats.com. Okay, that
1: sounds good. And folks, we can't be remiss without saying uh, this lady is not
2: only good to cats, she's also good to
1: the environment because tell us about your vehicle.
2: Oh, it's a Chevy Volt, and it gets about 36 miles to a charge. And on my house, there's 56 solar panels.
1: And when's the last time you ever really tanked up? Uh,
2: So long ago that I had to get out the owner's manual. Oh, my gosh.
1: And tell us what people are going to see this car in Chica. Why?
2: It's my rolling billboard. It's got my logo on it, which I'm very proud of. And it's the the Cat Hospital of Portland um, campaign. So, we, we just like to be around town and be visible to people. So, when you're in
1: that vault with the cat wrap around your car, you really can't have a hissy fit.
2: No, no, no. I have to behave on the road. I can't give anybody bad uh, hand gestures or anything. I have to, <laughs> I'm really on my best behavior. And lastly, I
1: love what you guys have a term for cats that come into your clinic that maybe really don't want to be here. It's what's the phrase?
3: Oh, the phrase is spicy. Nice. and we hope actually by the time they leave that they're less spicy they're more
1: sweet and sugary absolutely all right so thank you ladies both i hope you survived this episode of the o Behave show. obehave show o-be-have. and at this time i also want to give a big pause up to the wizard of paws our producer mark winter he makes this show and all the other shows on the pet life radio network happen so until next time this is your flea free host